But I do have a message I want to bring over the next few minutes. And we do live in uncertain times. We do. These are uncertain times that we do live in. You hear the buzz talks going around in different Christian sects and different ones, different groups of people that are talking and different ones that are of influence and some of the things that they have been talking about over the last few weeks have been titles like this, are you ready for what's to come? Are you, are you ready for this or that? And today the message may seem like it's a, a somber one, but the reality that we do live in is these are uncertain times. We do live in those times. But thanks be to God that we just sang about a famous one that we serve. Amen? And even though we face uncertain times, we know that the Lord is faithful and he is sovereign. Amen? How do you believe that he's sovereign this morning? He is. So you may have titles of warning of the storm ahead or the civil disobedience that's coming or the cosmic deception you may have all those titles that are out there right now and I'm not here to disagree with those things what I am here to say is that we can we can and we will be steady through it all amen the call of the church is to be still and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. The truth is we do live in an age of uncertainty and rapid change. Some of the things that you read about and some of the things that your coworkers or your friends, they may be talking about. And it may come across as if they're afraid. You can, you can read some of the, the articles or see some of the things that are taking place and you think, what in the world happened to our world, right? Does anybody ever think that sometimes? You ever just think you're just living your life and all of a sudden you think, what is going on? Did we just like fall asleep for like 50 years and then things just all of a sudden just went haywire? Because sometimes it feels that way. And these are uncertain times. Left to ourselves, we can become very afraid in that. The fear of the unknown, right? I assure you today that God has placed us in a time, in a place in history, right? He has placed us in a time, such a time as this, just like it was a time for Esther. He has placed us, if we think about it in those terms, in that way that he has placed us here, for a moment in time, for a specific purpose, he knows that there are people out there, there is a remnant, there are people that are still on their face, they're following after him. Amen? How do we as disciples of Christ respond in uncertain times? 
You see, I believe, if it hasn't happened already, that you will have coworkers, friends, family members that will be coming and they'll be talking to you about what's going on in our world, in our society, in our culture. Does anyone have a conversation at all like that? Right? So we know that that's happening. People outside of Christ, they're wondering what's going on. Right? They're wondering what's happening to this place. And so we can be assured as believers in Christ Jesus that we can be there for them to give them words. Words of of peace, right? Words of knowledge as far as this is what's taking place. There is, these are uncertain times that we do live in. Jesus' return is very near. It's not a scare tactic, right? It's not. It's not to scare anyone. It's, but to be in the hands of a, of a just God and not be right with him is a terrifying thing, right? So it's, it's, it's a privilege that we have. It's, it's something that we have been given, we've been commissioned to do this, is to be a voice to those people out there who are in a fearful state or a state of anxiety. And it's even in the church, right? But as disciples, Jesus gave words of encouragement and he assured them. He done that with Joshua as we're getting ready to take a look at here in just a moment. He done this with Joshua. And I have a verse of scripture that I want to read out of the, uh, the Passion Translation. Um, I just love how it reads out of the Passion Translation. And it's Psalm 46, uh, verse 1, and then I'm going to jump down to 10 and 11. I'm going to have it up on the screen for you in the Passion Version. It says, God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble. You're more than enough. And always available whenever I need you. Jump jump down to verse 10. It reads, surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving. And you'll see that I am God. I am the God above all the nations. And I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. I love this part. Here he stands. The commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Selah. But it says pause in his presence. Can I read verse 11 again? (laughs) Some of you all are getting happy with me there, right? Some of you are like, I don't know if I should say anything or not, but it's like, think about what this is saying to us, right? Here he stands. (laughs) Think about that. Here he stands. The commander. The, The commander is standing here. He said, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on your side. You can put your name there. 
Amber, you can say, the Lord of angel armies is on my side. Man, if that doesn't encourage you today, you five young fellows that were up here today, right? Bless my socks off, I'm telling you guys. You take that. The Lord of the angel armies is on your side. The commander, the mighty angel army is on your side. The God of Jacob is on your side. Ah, I love that passage of scripture. And uncertain times are not new. They've had them throughout history. This morning I want to look at Joshua for the next few minutes. I want to take you to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua had to deal with uncertain times. You see in Joshua that Moses is no longer with the children of Israel. And Joshua is leading the the children of Israel. And I can only imagine what maybe Joshua was thinking about. He had Moses who went up on a mountain and came down and his face was glowing. Right? His, his face was glowing. And, and Joshua must have seen this. He, they, they had a, a cloud by day that was following them. They had a fire by night that would be there with them. They had manna that was just provided for them to eat. There was a rock that was struck and water came out of it. And now Moses is gone. And Joshua is being asked to now lead the people into the promised land. Does anybody here maybe think that Joshua maybe felt a little overwhelmed? Maybe some uncertainty about what's going to take place? Or, or do we think that he was just that super, <laughs> super duper guy that never faced any of those thoughts, right? But he, he must have had thoughts of uncertainty about what was being asked of him to do. Now, this isn't just about a story in the Bible and talking about Joshua and what he has to, because we'll separate it, right? We'll separate and be like, well, I'm not Joshua. I'm not at the Red Sea, or I'm not, you know, going over into a promised land. That, that, that's not me today. But you, us, we have uncertainties. And it's the same God that was leading Joshua. Now, I know it's not the same context as far as we're not leading those people in. But there are things within that story that you can look at that are promises uh, to us, there are promises there for each and every one of us. 
So that's what I want to pull out. Our story isn't that we're going to maybe lead a whole group of people across the Wabash River and now take over Illinois. It, it, it's not that. It's, it, but there's a story with us, right? That there's something that God has planned and a purpose that he has for each and every one of us. And there's a purpose that he has for this church. A time, a place, a season specific for today in uncertain times. Joshua was in an uncertain time going into an uncertain land. And I love what God gives Joshua in chapter 1. Now I'm just going to read through that. Can, we just, can, we, can you follow along with me as I just read those verses? Because I'm going to get into there. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. And this is the first thing I want to take a look at is, every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. Now, that... Right there, if you can back it up just real quick. Every place that the sole of your feet or your foot will tread upon, I have given you to you, just as I promised to Moses. That is a specific promise that was given to Moses, right? A specific promise. But within that, there's something that he's promising him there, and that is security. Right? What I want to share with us today with that verse of scripture is that you have security in Jesus Christ. No matter what uncertainty comes. I'm not saying that we won't face anything. That's not the kind of security I'm talking about. I'm talking about a secure in eternity with Jesus Christ. No matter what comes our way. Does that make sense to you today? That there is security in Jesus. Whenever you're a son or you're a daughter in Jesus, whenever you are his, he is saying that you are secure in your salvation today. All right? Let's move on. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses. Here's another pause point. So I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Anybody know that he's not going to leave you or forsake you in here? It's quiet in here today. It's quiet. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. In uncertain times, come as they may, he is not going to leave us or forsake us. Right? He is here with us. And he is our safe refuge this morning. Right? He is our safe refuge today. I love what that word forsake in the Hebrew really means. You see that word forsake? In the Hebrew, it really means drop. It literally means drop. You see how that would read? I will not leave you or drop you. 
I, I like how that reads like that. That that means he's with you, right? You are secure in him. I don't know if anybody's getting that today. I, I'm pretty happy that the famous one that I was talking about, we all were up here praising this morning. He says, he is with you. He says, I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to drop you. I am not going to leave you. If I promise this to you, this is what it means. You see, church, dark days may be ahead. They just might be. How many believe that there are dark days ahead? Anybody in here believe that? There are uncertain times. They are coming our way. Without a doubt, they're coming our way. And we have to, as a son and a daughter, know that we are his and he will sustain us. He will be with us. He will never drop you. He will never drop you. I can get happy behind that because I know how I feel in my spirit of things that are to come. What I feel working up in my spirit. And it's not a scare tactic. It's not that. It's the signs of the end. Things are happening. They're happening. They're accelerating. They're happening so fast. But the message today is this. Is that he will not forsake you. And he is more than enough. He is our El Shaddai. We have to hold on to the El Shaddai. The sufficient one. The all-sufficient one. Mm. Mm. We need to jump down because there's another part of that I want to share with you. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you shall... Cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law of Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. That you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For when you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I have commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Did you see three times where he said, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous? I uh, think that's our response in uncertain times is to be strong and courageous. God knows we're afraid of the unknown, but he wants you to know the future is secure with him. He won't drop you. Just be strong and courageous, and he'll take you through it. Strong means the state or quality of being strong, force, power, or vigor. It is the power to resist or resist strain. It means being tough. It means being durable. It's the power to resist. 
Over the last several years, there's been an attack on strength. There's been an attack on masculinity. Isn't that true? So strength has been attacked. It's been attacked at the church level. But he says, be strong. God is saying, I don't want you to cave like everyone else. Don't give in like everyone else. Don't hear or see and run scared like everyone else. You don't pull the tent stakes when things get tough. You're saying, God, in the midst of unbelievable resistance and the pressure and the stress and the fear, I choose to stay strong. We live in a culture where it tells you if your marriage is in shambles or it gets too hard to find someone new, stay strong. In a culture that's telling you to accept the fact that boys can be girls and girls can be boys, stay strong. In a culture that's telling you that it's okay to sleep around, stay strong. I figured I'd get a little more amen going on in here. Right? We'll stay strong. In a culture that's spreading divisiveness every which way, stay strong. In a culture that promotes perversion in the classroom, stay strong. And we need to be courageous. Facing and dealing with anything recognized as dangerous, difficult, or painful, instead of withdrawing from it. That's what courageous means. It's the quality of being fearless, brave, one having valor. Seems to be a group of women around here with that name, Women of Valor. Almost finished up, and I, how many of you know what tomorrow is? Anybody know what tomorrow is? 9-11. It's hard to believe that it's been, what, 22 years? 22 years since 9-11. How many of you remember exactly where you were at 9-11? Dean and I were flipping through some video of uh, 9-11 a couple days ago and uh, heard a testimony of a guy that was a survivor in uh, one of the buildings. He was on the very top floor of the, the second tower that got hit. You remember which one was the second tower? I don't remember if it was the north or the south. He was at the very top of that building. I think it was 105th floor is what he said. He said they were on an inner conference. They had a meeting. And uh, he, didn't have, he didn't typically work in that office because he was in an office building in Chicago. But they had a special meeting to where he had to be in New York City. So he was there that day. So he said they... Didn't know anything was going on when the, the first plane hit the tower, which was not the tower they were in. He said they got a report of something going on, and so they got a call. Said they had to evacuate the building immediately. And they said they had to take the stairs, 105 flights down. And he said they got down to, 
I think it was 10 floors they got down, and that was the first sight of an outside view of the tower that got hit. The tower he was in had not got hit yet. And he said they were moving down, trying to, you know, move down the stairs, and they got down. It was four flights separating where he was at and where the plane entered. So he was right there. He said there was a co-worker of his that was trying to get him to go down the elevator. And he said it was divine intervention because he said, I'm going the stairs. And if he would have went in the elevator, he would have perished. He said when the plane hit and they were within four flights of where the impact was at, in that stairwell, he said that thing just went like this. The handrails separated from the concrete. The stairs looked like a wave. And at that point, they knew something awful was happening. And he said, of course, fear struck everyone that was in that stairwell. He said it was at the 30th floor where he first encountered firefighters and first responders. And he said he knew when he looked them in the eye as they were going up and he was coming down. He says, I could tell by looking at them in the face, they knew they weren't coming down. And he says, that to me is courage. That's bravery. Whenever you're going up, and you know you're not coming back down, it's courage. I'm not trying to create any kind of scare tactic in here this morning. You understand what I'm saying. But we live in uncertain times that are going to come even more uncertain. Right? And your first instinct sometimes will do fear. Okay? It's naturally something that would happen to me. Would be fear that would want to come in. But he says to be bold and courageous. And if he says that we can be bold and we can be courageous and that he will never leave us, he'll never forsake us, he won't drop us. If we believe in he is the, the sovereign God, if our hope and trust is in him this morning, whether it be a month or two or three or four or six months down the road, if we encounter anything at all, I pray to God we don't have to face anything but we have to be prepared individually if there is something. And it would be a disservice for us to get up here and just think that everything is just okay. And put our head in the sand and be in denial. But that's not the approach we can take. We have to. We have to be ready at any moment, at any time. Not just for calamity. I got a call yesterday, two major motorcycle wrecks. 
One was my cousin, and the other one was somebody that used to attend here. Lift Dustin Morgan up and Mike Metcalf. We don't know. We don't know. It's important to be right with the Lord. It's important to trust in him, to rely on him. To go to verse 46, of, of, or chapter 46 of Psalms. Take refuge in him. Take refuge. Would you bow your head in prayer this morning? Father, we thank you that you are with us. Father, that you are you're one that says that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And God, that you have called us, Lord God, to be bold and courageous in these times that we live in. God, we're not going to be like those who put our head in the sand and just hope that it passes by and like everything's okay or it's pie in the sky type of thinking. But God, we, we're going to be active in knowing what, what's going on in the spiritual realm, what, what's taking place that, in the spirit that's manifesting over in the natural. God, we, we want to be in tune with you, Lord God. And, and we know that things are, are on the threshold, God. And as individuals, we, we prepare our hearts and our, and our minds, our spirits to draw closer to you, Lord God, knowing that you are the sovereign God and that you have your hand upon us, Lord. So we draw strength from you, Lord, each and every day, Lord. God, we thank you. We give you praise. And we give you all glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.